Hello, Mech Warriors, and welcome to the Mech Bay, where we fix your mech and fix your game. What's going on, Mech Warriors? I'm your host, Josh. I've got my co-host, Loremaster Jedi, riding on my wing today. Howdy, howdy. And we are the Mech Bay Podcast, your number one source for all things casual to competitive battle tech. And today, we're talking about PAX, we're talking about WWE, and we're talking about Raw. And for a hot moment, I was like, is this a wrestling podcast? Aren't they all? I mean, technically, technically. Every game of Battletech ends up in, might as well, a steel cage. Okay, we're already, already like, I'm I'm taking the wheel and I'm just throwing it to the right. Solaris is there for a reason, man. Yeah, Solaris is there. Which mech would John Cena be? Uh, in the Slayer wow. stables, yeah, no, like yeah, gotta be, st- gotta be one with stealth armor. Gotta have gotta stealth be. armor. Ah, mm. uh, has to have jump jets. Has to have jump jets or some marine, you know, kind of styled thing. Okay, it's gotta have it's gotta have UMUs. It's it it's it's got underwater jump jets because uh. it's a marine. <laughs> 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 oh my god, he's an Aqua Gladius, isn't he? Yep. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. That's terrible. And we're rolling with it. But today we're talking about PAX Unplugged news because a whole bunch of news just dropped today, Mech Warriors. Uh, We have the worldwide event. That's the WWE part. And let's get real. That was a big old steel cage match. Like there was a lot of death and violence in that one. And you ran it, Denim. I played in it. We're going to talk about what we're legally allowed to (laughs) at this point. There you go. And we're talking about Raw, not WWE Raw, but we're talking about rules as written and the common slash top rules mistakes that you make and we encounter playing Battletech. But yeah, so that's that's a lot. We got a full episode today. And real quick, I just want to add on to last time's episode where we talked about Southern Assault. I did not thank any of the sponsors for that wonderful event. So I would like to personally thank Ironwind Metals, Catalyst Game Labs, Deathray Designs, Cross Electric Designs, Fighting Piranha Graphics, Stratos Minis, The Army Painter, Thunderhead Studios. We've got Shadow's Edge Miniatures. We've got The Armed Painter. We've got Metalcore Collectibles. Shout out to them. Uh, Technically us, but we don't matter. We have Monument Hobbies, Listening to Paint Dry, Fortress Miniatures and Games, of course, Unicorn Company, and Renegade HPG. And even the Battletech artists who were able to give prints of their artwork and sign it, uh, Spooky777, Eldon Calger, Ken, Ken Coleman, and Anthony Scroggins. So thanks, everyone, for making the prize table for that literally insane. Like, I cannot describe how awesome the event was just looking at the prize table that everyone got stuff for. So let's uh, let's just roll into some news and talk about Paxton Plugged. Now I caught some of this, but I was sleeping a lot on Saturday, and Pax happened to be this weekend. Uh, I was recovering from all my worldwide event stuff because that went till I got home at about almost three a.m. from that. Yeah, uh, that that went pretty late. So start us off. What what did what did you see from PAX that I may have missed? I mean, first, Randall went over the Universe Special Edition book. 
And is this the special edition? Is that the $250 one from the Kickstarter? The big one. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a $50 one that, that a lot of people got just as part of pledges. But then there's like the ultra one that comes with a whole bunch of other stuff. It's actually two books. And they were talking about a different sort of, um, uh, of a of a cover or a sheath or something that they were trying to work out for it. But did you get one? Or did you get the super special edition? <laughs> I did not. I did not. At the time with the Kickstarter, it was a uh, you, you'd have to put the money down sight unseen, and there was a lot of vague promises. Uh, I knew I was getting the fifty dollar version one anyway. Um, I decided to to not put the two hundred and fifty down for for that particular one. Uh, I will have to go back and, and watch all the videos to see if I regret that decision or not. Okay. I got one of everything else. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, that I'm not getting all the things. I don't know if I believe that, that at this moment. But uh, no, the big news was the release schedule for the new Star League packs for next year. I thought Ooh. that was funny. It's the packs released at packs. Yeah, one, one with an X and the other with a CK. But yeah, these are the new box set, box Lance packs, essentially. And they are all themed Star League, like Star League, whatever. And the first one is the Star League Command Lance. And that has a Royal Orion, Royal Phoenix Hawk, an Atlas II, and a Thunderhawk. Atlas two. I remember seeing an Atlas two with the uh, Dark Age click models. Was that the first place an Atlas two came from? Um, I don't think so, unless they retconned it. And that's like I'm not a big Atlas guy because so I, I, I have an Atlas two in my garage with with the click text base on it. So, like, did it come out before then? I, I want to say yes. I want to wow. say it was a pre existing like into the star league civil war like a couple atlases got converted to atlas twos and that was it and then they took those away they're big but i mean it's it's, weird because they're both hundred tonners but but the atlas two just looks bulkier it's definitely an aesthetic like difference like that that is the main thing like the uh the face is not like the normal skull it's like the more like yeah banshee skull kind of looking thing like zombie skull i mean these are mechs i will own them all every single (laughs) one of them uh but yeah uh, so we saw the pictures for these which one was your favorite uh i i did not see all all of the the boxes i saw that first one i saw the command lance that's the only Um, one we saw pictures for oh okay all right all right um I mean, the, the Atlas II is the one that drew my eye because it's huge and mean and it looks like it's it's running. It doesn't look like it fits on a hex. I, I need to see what, what it looks like on a hex. Um, but who doesn't love the the Royal Orion? I mean, I'm and definitely all, interested in that Royal Phoenix Hawk, at least for that one. They're, I mean, they're all cool. I will. Yeah. I would get them all individually if they were not in the pack already. <laughs> yes, please break this up and charge more for it. <laughs> I'll still buy all four. Um, I think the Thunderhawk is cool because that's like the Highlander is the Goss mech at that era, but then the Thunderhawk is like, no, no, I'm the Goss mech. Like, I have I, more Goss rifles than you. I heard that the Royal Orion will actually be painted. Uh, I don't know if it's in that pack. Like, does that come separately or is that the one in the pack? 
I think it just comes in the pack. Like this is going to be a semi X wing style pack where one of these is pre-painted and the rest are gray plastic. Uh, on one hand, I'm like, that's really cool. That will save me a lot of time on the other when I get around to it, I do enjoy painting. Um, I wonder if there is an option to get one that I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to reserve judgment on a pre-painted mech until we see some in the real world. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the picture they gave at PAX for the pre-painted Orion and it looks, it looks fine. It's just olive drab with like a yellow outline cockpit. Like it looks as close as you could get to like mass produced painting. Well, I mean, the picture I saw, it, it was about my level of, of paint. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to say that my <laughs> standard paint jobs are going to be much better than that anyway. And I do tend to paint Hero Mechs their, their traditional colors. But like I said, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to wait and see. Um, I would like it if there was an option to get them not painted, though. Yeah. Uh, I know some people, I know some people who have lots and lots of minis and love painting them and have never actually played the game. Like the painting is their joy. So those are the bravest ones among us. Yeah. We'll see. Well, that's, that's, that's how I am for Gaslands. Jeez. I have got so many modded cars. You know, I've played like four times. You, you got me to buy cars and mod them up and we've never even played. And I'm like, never again, Denim. Never again. I'll just buy Battletech stuff. Uh huh. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, either way, worst case, we can prepaint it. Like it's not the worst end of the world if it's separate or there's like a special pack like you can buy the pre-painted pack for like a dollar more or whatever like they didn't go into like the details but yeah and depending on how they painted it like it may it may be fine to primer over it and and you'd never notice any difference from a regular plastic one exactly so so in that case i'm totally fine 100 percent fine with that um, but yeah, no, like I said, Royal Orion, Royal Phoenix Hawk, uh, Atlas Two, and Thunderhawk. Like I will say, the the Phoenix Hawk almost looks like a Shadowhawk because it has the right. large laser. I <laughs> thought it was at first, and I'm like I don't recognize that. We got enough hawks in this lands pack, and they couldn't throw in another one. Mm. Mm. But yeah, so that's the first quarter release. So we should get that soonish, like within four months. Which will be cool. Three months. Yeah. Three or four months. Well, yeah. it's no. Oh, no. It's December right now. So, yeah, we got December to get through January, February, March. Yeah, that's four. That's four. I got I got mm-hmm. kind of right in my hand. You, you were about to say yeah. three, weren't you? Well, I said three to four. So depending okay. on, on how early they come out, you know, there's always that chance. Always that chance. But yeah, uh, second quarter, they are releasing the second Star League Assault Lance. And that is not the number two. Or is it is both the number two Star League pack and Star League number two pack, and that comes with a direwolf. So yeah, not not your granddad's Star League. Yeah, uh, uh, direwolf Prometheus, and that will yeah. be the painted mech in that pack. And that is a Steiner mech, right? That's the the direwolf that they gave um, uh, Hans's son, uh, Victor. Yeah, Victor Steiner Davian had that. Yep. Uh, we'll have that. The Prometheus, we'll have the Emperor, we'll have an Argus, we'll have a Helios, and we'll even have a little coolant truck. So five five things in there? Yeah. Nice. This one's this one's the weird one, in my opinion. Like this is we all have direwolves. 
So like, okay, this one's painted. That's cool. Uh, Emperor. My only thought is like, hey, I'm a really big fan of the primitive emperor, not the like mm-hmm. curvy emperor. Like, give, give me the flat surfaces emperor. I mean, is it bad that I'm super excited about a coolant truck? <laughs> we'll have we'll have official plastic. I want to say like trash vehicles. Like it's fully just a support vehicle. Like no one like, can change. Coolant my trucks mind. were so important in in the uh, the early succession wars. You know, when you've only got ten <laughs> single heat sinks, coolant <laughs> trucks were important. How do you feel about the Argus and the Helios? Uh, hey, more mechs. Awesome. Um, I, I am not, <laughs> su- I'm not super familiar with those, but uh, but if somebody were to put it down on the table, that would excite me because I like seeing mechs that I don't know much about. Yeah, I remember the Argus from uh, Mech Warrior 4, and that's really it. Like, mm-hmm. it, and it, It's one of those mechs that just kind of drops off after the Civil War, so it getting plastic means we'll be getting some new stuff for it, but we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, yeah, so then we go to the third quarter, third star league, and that's the striker star. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. We got a plastic lament. Yep. We got we got a jackalope. <laughs> I am I am excited to see that in plastic because man, some of those pictures for the jackalope. Ooh. We're bringing it up now. Jackalope. I've seen it and I just need to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> someone I hope someone got a bonus on like <laughs> that guy. Because that's... Mm, mm, mm. But the next one... Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Th- look, they could have made an entire pack with just this, and I would have been, like, perfectly happy. Uh, we got Plastic Kentaro. I'm excited. I like the Kentaro. I and not just because Kintaro. of the HBS Battletech game, because that was, like, the best starter mech in there. No, no. I love it for its original art. Mm. 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 That, that swiggity-swooty, like... That Kentaro never skipped arm day. <laughs> Broad shoulders. Everyone loves it. Um, we've got a Hammerhead 2. We have what a is sec- a Hammerhead 2? We don't know yet, but it's going to okay. be the second variant of the Hammerhead. So it's going to be looking different than... Okay, so this is the, the, the Hammerhead from from the uh, Ill Clan Rec Guide? Yeah. We're getting huh. another variant of it. Okay, I will. I will happily have a second one. I love the original Hammerhead. I love my Hammerhead with hardened armor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Um. And now it's in plastic, not just resin. Yeah. So all those people that missed it, they can just buy it in a pack. I'm excited about that. I'm so excited. I already have two. Uh, we have the Havoc, which is another like Dark Age mech. It's yep. like uh, I know the havoc. Yeah, I, it's been on my to buy list for a while. Actually, it's like light mech, four ER medium lasers. It's just simple. Comes it as as it is. Like it, it's nice. I like it. Uh, the cool thing of that pack, though, is the J twenty sevens. Denim's logistical brain yeah. is trying to think. What is a J twenty seven? That's the ordnance transport. So we okay. Oh, cool. The second or, pack or was a coolant truck. Yep. The third pack is the ammo truck. Yep, got all the ammo. Yeah. Yeah. I just never referred to it as the J-27. It was always the truck that goes boom. <laughs> I mean, this is its technical designation. J-27 ordnance truck. So this reminds me of those of those uh, uh, 
the action figure packs that come with like one part of of some you know bigger action figure. You have to buy all of them to have all your to have all your support trucks. I mean, if they that's how me. they want to do it, do it, I'm okay with it. Like, I don't. It's not like a I'm a building the long tom over the releases. Like this is the barrel and this is the ammo and this is the truck part. Like no. This is just individual support green vehicles. And put them together like like uh, uh, Devastator. <laughs> oh man! But guess what? We got one more. We got the fourth quarter release. That's also third Star League, and that's the Battle Star. We've got a Savage Wolf Prime. We got to win- have one. Mm-hmm. We got a Windingo. Uh, we got an Excalibur. We got a Peacekeeper. We got a Malice. Does anything else fit in the box when a Malice is in there? I mean. Not a whole lot, but somehow they were able to cram a savior repair vehicle. <laughs> I'm also excited about that. I'm 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 weirdly excited about the support vehicles. Maybe it's because I run a lot of campaigns, and and it's always nice to have some cool uh, cool things I can use as objectives. Yeah, like we we have the objectives pack coming, but I feel like these little like griblies, like a it's not in a gribbly pack, so like everyone's gonna have one it's like oh i want new max here's a little objective like token or whatever or you can use it for alpha strike and uses a low pv initiative sync <laughs> i'm looking at you people you know who um but yeah no uh, the malice is weird like i wouldn't have expected that in plastic at all really like the other things maybe i am mean, very excited about a peacekeeper because i don't even think that has a model right yeah i don't think i've ever seen one uh, but like the Wendigo, sure that that's that's cool to have a to have a mini four finally. Plastic yeah, I mean, with all the new stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's why. And I know a lot of people who use Savage Wolves, so they'll be excited <laughs> to have plastics of those. Is that the super expensive one, or is that the Alpha Wolf? Uh, I think it's the Savage Wolf that's super expensive. No, no, I got this. Okay, the Savage Wolf is really just a Mad Cat Mark Four. That's why my brain always flops it. And the Alpha Wolf is the new Wreck Guide, really hyper expensive Clan Wolf mech. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I always get confused about the this. The Savage but. Wolf is the Mad Cat we have at home, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Mad Cat Mark IV. And that's the cool one, which has the hardened armor variant. But this is the Prime specifically. So it's got two ERPPCs and four Streak Sixes. That's fine. I accept yeah. this. So yeah, okay. So those are the force packs this year. Yeah. What are our thoughts? What are our like highs, lows in this selection? Um, I mean, I guess we're done with mercenaries, but that's cool. I'm I'm excited about all of these. Now, are these are these going to be like exclusive uh, releases, like like the mercenary packs were? Or are they just everybody gets them? I think these are just everyone gets them. Like there was no yeah. mention of these being exclusive or anything. So it's just that's cool. Yeah good uh yeah this I, I like all of these i mean i will i i'm excited about seeing these on the table as as uh you know normal forces we get to see what, what's your topic out of these because there's there's a bunch of mechs in this Ooh, right wow right <laughs> i mean aside from the kentaro because everyone knows i like kentaros if i had to choose any of them that weren't the kentaro um you know what i'm gonna go savage wolf Savage Wolf Prime. I'm excited about seeing those. I would I would also go pretty close to the Savage Wolf just because the metal model, like 
it needed a lot of love like it does uh, it's yeah. one of those like hey this is a really good mech and like i'd i'd love to take this but it's also like yeah i'm not buying you like mm, you you have no aesthetic you bring no joy to this household uh but yeah i will say i will be buying like probably two maybe three of that third star league striker pack like i already have a lament <laughs> but i don't have a kentaro <laughs> and i certainly don't have a jackalope no, <laughs> no, I do not. Um, also, hammerhead too. It's like, yeah, I, I can't have enough hammerheads. I mean, it, it depends on what it's going to have. The first one's already great. <laughs> what are we going to do? Make it better? We'll find out. On top of that, we have we have a bunch of rule books also coming after all those force packs, which I think is right. Like, like they're not done. Tanks. Like this, this isn't it for the year. Like there are books rule tabletop books coming yeah i know um, they're doing a lot of reprints and a lot of them have the orange uh chevron for to designate that they're part of the 40th anniversary reprint yeah speaking of the 40th anniversary reprint we are getting new anniversary box art for the beginner and a game of armor combat boxes i guess i gotta buy those again <laughs> here i go buying the intro tech boxes again i mean to be fair i actually do would like a game of armor combat box like it's it's a very good deal yeah they're, they're, the mechs in there are fantastic i think that was one of the things that a lot of people wanted in the kickstarter like hey can i just buy the mechs from that again or something and there, that wasn't there was an a time when you could but but not for the like this kickstarter you were allowed to buy the just the mechs from like everything except for that box set you could buy just the mechs from the clan box you could buy just the mechs from from the alpha strike box but the game of armored combat, you could not. Shaking my head, shaking my head. But uh, they were they were having to save them to reprint new box art. I guess so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, cool new box art. That's great. We have for the first big rule book release, we have the Davian Force Manual coming in quarter one. Fantastic. I wonder if they will have any new uh, ammo types. Probably not. But it'd be fun. It would be fun. Maybe they'll have some experimental, like, because so the era for this will be what, like Civil War, I think. I think. Oh, that's, that's right. It's not even Ill Clan. You are it's correct. Not I even think Ill it goes Clan. Up, I think it goes up to Civil War. Yeah. Well, then no, probably not. <laughs> well, then no. I will say we will be getting Ill Clan update PDFs that will be released alongside. The force manual. So your your physical force manual copy is up to Civil War, and you have a PDF that gets you to the Ill Clan. I accept that. I want new ammo types in there. <laughs> uh, I will say it's just it's just weird. Like I know probably the doing it as a book is kind of like oh our, the the majority of the campaigns and games and people that will use this will buy it and are happy up to Civil War and here and we're not going to force you to buy ill clan stuff so we're going to give that to you kind of thing yeah i mean it is it is what it is they're going to do it the way they want to um i i really like all the ill clan stuff so but i know that i'm not i'm not a majority person in that thought either but i do i really like it i think it balances clan and inner sphere nicely and it gives me really cool toys to play on my favorite mechs yeah i just love being able to take more stuff yep uh the second quarter we already knew which was coming behind it is the karita force manual yep and i know you'll be picking that one up mr dcms 
I'll be picking it up again, this time as a force <laughs> manual. <laughs> Not as a combat manual? Yeah. It'll be interesting to see the differences between the combat manuals and the force manuals. Yeah, I want to see if they just changed the the title or if they uh, actually added some stuff. I heard that they were adding and, and tweaking stuff, but but we'll see how much. And then, of course, we have Mercenaries, a.k.a. you either play Davian or you play Karita or you play everything else, and everything else is just mercenaries. <laughs> yeah, and I think, again, they picked that one to be third because they already have the combat manual for it. Yeah. The- they probably would have done it and did in a different order if they didn't already have all of that material for it. So it's just giving them a little bit more breathing room. I think the my big comment on this is I no longer convinced these will be kind of like Battletech codexes just because the release schedule for it like, I don't think people are going to be like, oh, I'm using this faction in a pickup game, and you you will, like, automatically accept them getting fac- faction rules. Yeah, well, I mean, because I guess the combat manuals had a lot of Alpha Strike stuff in there, so they did have some Alpha Strike special abilities. Uh, I like that they have a lot of the uh, the paint schemes for, for the various units of those factions. That was really, really cool. Um I, I'm I'm super curious to see what they put in there. It's got to be yeah. something nifty. I hope so. I'm excited though. Yep. Yeah, we've got uh the Mech Commander Handbook in quarter three, and I think you know a little bit more about that one, Denim. I not a whole lot. I just know I am super excited about this one. Uh, anything that is going to do any uh, campaign operations updates and 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 additions. I, I'm very excited about that. That one's still, I, I want to say, a little bit more under wraps. Like, we don't know all the things that are inside of it. Right. It's a quarter, Q3 thing, so it's going to, you know, they might give us teasers and stuff later. But uh, but I do not know a whole lot about what's in there. Um, just what little bits I've heard. Moving on, we've got Wreck Guide, the technical readout, a.k.a. the second half of the Wreck Guides already released. We'll be getting their TRO book with just the like lore bits right so this will have things like the like the contio and the hammerhead and all, all the ones that weren't the classic redesigns for the ill clan so these are yeah. like the, the new designs uh things like that that is mid 2024 so probably summerish sometime yep yep that would make sense right in uh, time for my birthday yeah, uh, the the other half of that very cool coin is Wreck Guide number thirty three, aka, <laughs> AKA <laughs> we made new models, so we need to have new <laughs> variants. So we're making new Wreck Guides. Yep, number thirty three of a thirty two run series. They can't keep getting away with it. I think it's the the term. Hey, they'll make them. I'll keep buying them. Yeah, I was like, as soon as I saw they were making a plastic. Kintaro, I was like, wait, wait, there's no variants for Ill Clan. Like, y'all stopped doing stuff with it in the 70s. Like, oh, now they won't have the Kintaro in the in the TRO volume one. I I accept that it's not an original, that it's it's a post original. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. So yeah, so we'll be getting that alongside. So that'll be like alongside releases. So yeah that's not they're waiting for that like that's something that can come out a lot sooner so as models and whatnot get released they'll be releasing rec guides for it yeah i'm super excited about all this stuff coming out next year 
it, it's too much, man. Like my wallet wasn't safe from the Kickstarter, and now it's not safe from. <laughs> oh yeah, from no, it's gonna be bad. Post. Luckily, the banks don't know me well enough, and they're still gonna let me open up do credit cards. <laughs> uh, we have a whole bunch of like lore novel stuff too. Like I'm, I'm gonna hit that real fast because. That's who we are. Uh, we got Hunting Season 2, Letter of the Law. We got Trial by Birthright. Uh, that is a, after the Battle of Terra. So we've got some post-battle post lore. We got a Jade Falcon novel. We've got a Tucker Harwell novel. We've got a Oh, man. Fox. Tucker Harwell. I know. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, that one's called Voidbreaker. And I'm actually like, that's that's a dope book. I'm, I'm going to read that one. Uh, we got the new Fox patrol book coming out. Oh man. They need to do a Tucker one about him fixing all the, all the, the, the stuff in it. The, the name of the book is just, you've got mail. That'd be awesome. <laughs> oh, it hurts. Uh, we have a Yori Karita. So mm-hmm. we got our DCMS waifu emperor, like doing stuff. Uh, we've got tales of the bounty hunter anthology. So we'll nice. have good. Good. I, I love the anthology. So that'll be great. They've announced four shrapnel books next year. Good. And we've got a another shrapnel double issue coming for December. So this month we'll get shrapnel number 15. I'm really happy that the shrapnel uh, series has, has just been exploding. Uh, I was a little bit worried that after the, the original Kickstarter, they put out the first four and then people just wouldn't be interested. But people are like it's selling well and it has good stuff in it. Um, I, I'm really happy about that. I hope it goes on forever. Just ever. I'll be the, I wish they were smaller and more frequent rather than bigger. <laughs> like, like I, I wish they were like, Oh, here's the weekly installment of the one story. Like, okay, I can, I can read that on my phone kind of thing. Like you don't like quarterly. You can still, I don't, read I don't like quarterly. I mean, it, quarterly is like, it needs to come in the mail, like as a catalog kind of thing. Like I'm old school like that. Yeah. It's too I mean, much. Do, it's too do, much for my millennial on, ADD brain. I do put it on my Kindle and just read through it at my leisure. I can't do leisure, man. I can't do that. Mm. Uh, we got a Cray Death Legion uh, short novel coming. Cool. Those guys still getting spotlight, man. I thought oh, yeah. they, they the died. Best. The best. Come back. Uh, it doesn't make sense. Uh, friend of the show, Jason Hansa. We got a a skulk of foxes, a sea fox novel. Ooh, ooh, right. Uh, I'm adding that to my terminology of any time there are more than uh, two sea foxes on the table. I'm calling it a skulk. A skulk, cool. A skulk, yeah. And rounding all that out, we've got a uh, Liao novel, and that will be the Liao side of the Ilkan Ilkan Eyes Only source book. That'll be somewhere in the middle of 2024. Yeah, so that's a lot of books. A lot it of is lore. a lot of books. And a lot of that is Ill Clan era. So like a lot of Here that I is- thought I was catching up. No, no, not today. We're throwing you back in. But yeah, no, I'm excited that a lot of that is like Ill Clan, the modern stuff. And this is how we're supposed to learn about how each of the factions is doing things. Like, like, like how it used to be in the beginning, pre-Dark Age. Yeah. <laughs> Before the Dark Age, we got a... We got a novel and we read that and we were like, oh, God, that's yeah. what everyone's doing now. Yeah. It, Did you hear about the wedding? I mean. 
so yeah, that's a lot of stuff. Anything out of that that you're excited about particularly? Oh yeah, the 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 Tucker Harwell one, the uh, Great Death Legion one, the Sea Fox one. Uh, I'm excited about. I'm going to read all of them, but uh, I'm particularly excited about those. I, I'm also going to say the Tucker Harwell one because I honestly never thought they would touch that stuff again. Like well, I thought me either. Were... That, that's what you said. It. I was. I was. That was not a pretend. Shocked. You know, <laughs> I am. I am legit. Like, ooh, yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty much all of our PAX news, which is a, a lot. lot. Like, yeah. I mean, there's a short seven plus hour video that you can watch uh, uh, from them being live at PAX. It's too much, man. Just get a website. Start drip feed me. Drip feed me. Mm-hmm. Website would be good. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, we. I mean, we covered it in 35 minutes. What more do you want? <laughs> all right. That's about it for all of our news. Finally, man. I mean, I can't wait. 2024. Good year for Battletech. It's going to be fantastic. Fantastic. Let's move on to some hobby progress. Denim. Have you gotten any hobby progress done lately? Dude, I painted some mechs. Whoa! I did now Which everything one? I've done. I've been doing for for uh, for worldwide event type stuff. I pa- I painted a Marauder, which actually was not for the worldwide event, but I needed to paint it, so it's painted. We got a lot of terrain done. Uh, the worldwide event looked looked amazing. We'll cover that in a little bit when we go over the the games played. But uh, but yeah, a lot of my hobby progress went into organizing for that. I was printing out stuff. I was cutting things. I was laminating things. Um, a lot of stuff. Now, thankfully, there were a lot of uh, awesome players uh, in the area who volunteered to paint some of the factions because there's a lot of factions in the worldwide event. I mean, we've got House Hiritsu. We've got uh, auxiliary units. Then we had Jade Falcon, Wolf, Spoke Jag, and Snow Ravens. And we needed mechs painted for every one of those. Uh, yeah, hobby progress. I'm going to count all of that in there. How about you? What'd you do? I can't remember if I mentioned all this on the last episode, but out of those like 70 new proto mechs I got, like I actually decided to strip a whole bunch of them because like they had not great unloved paint jobs, like unloved in the sense of they were thrown in a plastic bag and like just dinged up like paint stripped on one arm already so it's kind of like yep all right so i just got some acetone gave him a little quick bath uh i was not as safety conscious about my acetone handling for this one because by the end my hands were just swollen i was like yeah after you know scrubbing like 30 40 protomex that'll do that to you got a double glove man it eats through it man you just got to get the right gloves you need those like (laughs) you, you need the the yellow like thick boys they they do sell them. Yeah, I was I was like, no, I'll be done before it eats through the second layer. <laughs> I don't need reactor shielding. The battle won't last that long. <laughs> Famous last great death words. Yep. But no, so I did strip the, about 20 of those because I did the worst ones. And the other ones I'm just going to paint and prime over. And then I put uh, paint and primer on, on the other 20, the unstripped ones. So I was like, okay. Uh, I did get my Naga painted up, and I'm very excited to unleash some double arrow four on some unsuspecting spheroids. I was going to say, Nagas are, are, are clan. I didn't think they were into all that arrow four stuff. 
the dishonorable combat. I see all the dishonorable spheroids as you as you like launch it from from four map sheets away. I get it. Is it dishonorable if you don't use the homing ones and you're just like direct firing at a target in line of sight? It's the wrong way to do arrow four, but uh... Look, it's the wrong way. But it's <laughs> if if that's how the clanner has to justify whipping two arrow four outs, mm. like. What is it, Copperhead? Or yeah, it's like you might as well just shoot an AC twenties. Yeah, so just get two AC twenties. I don't know. I I, <laughs> I I understand that that Arrow Four is cool, and and the clan should have some some dedicated Arrow Four launchers. It just like knowing when the Naga came out and knowing how the clan's mindset was supposed to be. It always just seemed odd. The Naga always just seemed like an odd mech choice to me. Oh, it's very the longbow. Odd. There's that longbow with the two arrow four, and I'm all about that. It's not clan; it's interfere. No, I know that, but I'm I'm doing the mental comparison of all right. What, what's what's the longbow with two arrow four guns Inter- on it versus it's, it's interfere? Yeah, no, it's 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 people who like to use artillery and and ambush people and shoot them from four map sheets away. <laughs> like, what's bad about it though? The slowness versus the naga. Sure. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, sure, okay. Um, you have to get past. You have to get past my retinue of of tag mechs before you can get to me. It's got two medium pulses, an ER large laser, and ten rounds per arrow four. Mm-hmm. So it's got twenty total arrow fours, four hundred points of damage. Yeah, that's eighteen hundred roughly BV. Then we'll go to the Naga. It's got three ER small lasers. Ooh, yeah. And it's also an assault. But it's an 86 KMH one. So that's that's mm-hmm. a fast boy. I could run slightly faster with my giant artillery mech. Yeah. It also carries six tons of ammo. I don't know what a ton is of arrow four. I want to say five. I think it's five. Yeah. So, so 50% 15. more. Yeah, so it's got more... Uh, um, BV is 1840. So really, they're equivalent. They're equivalent. Look at look at us. All right. You know what? Now, just because I'm here, I'm going to compare it to my other Raven Alliance artillery mech, the Bombardier. Oh, yeah, the Bombardier. Bombardier. The O5A? Yeah, that's got a single Aero 4 with four tons of ammo and three rocket launcher 20s. Uh, that is a heavy at 65 yep that's the catapult the catapult has a single arrow four launcher look at this point i'm like i don't know what i'm doing like these are you got your all dual arrow four systems are the same and all single arrow four systems are the same because there are only so many things you can put on there and make it actually work like at that point you've you spent 80 percent of your tonnage weapon tonnage but uh yeah so i got that painted uh what am i going to freehand on the giant back of my like stationary artillery, like th- that's the big question. To whom it may oh. concern, I don't know. I'll think about it. I'll get back to you next episode when I freehand on it. But yeah, so that's that's pretty much all of my hobby progress. I did spend as my <laughs> normal for you, sir. <laughs> yeah, my uh, what is it? Traditional Thanksgiving post hobby room cleanup. Like everything's mm. put away, everything's clean. My like hobby station is put away so like yeah once i get that back out i'm starting fresh everything's clean but yeah that's it for my hobby progress 
Cool. Um, you said yep, you had... now that WWE is done, I can start working on more personal stuff. What's what's coming to your uh, paint bench first? I want to finish my. I want to finish at least a full lance of my Gray Death. Uh, I really liked how that Marauder turned out, and I've got the rest of the Gray Death pack, and then like the Rifleman and and some other ones. I, I just like how it looks, and I, I would like to have a full a full lance or two that I can put out on the table that all look the same. So I want to finish that up. That's next. That, that'll be real cool. All right. Let's get to games played. And this is going to be a dual section because me and you got a game in against each other. We're going to talk about that, whether you like it or not. Oh, then we're going to talk about talking about it. Are you going to be fine talking about it? <laughs> I'm fine talking about it. I'm fine. Perfectly fine. And then we're going to talk about the worldwide event. So it'll be, this will be like a third of the segment. Just for like games played, nice. But yeah. So, uh, how was our me and your game, Tedum? We played a seventy five hundred Ill Clan pickup game. Nothing really uh, off or you know weird about that, right? Well, nothing really weird about saying that we're going to play seventy five hundred pickup game. That is correct. Yeah, and then of course I have to like, can I take weird? Ex- not experimental. It's not experimental. It's advanced. It's it's listed as experimental um, in in like Sarna. Uh, the only place it's not is in like Megabek or on the the master, master unit, unit list. Yeah, and and that's the word of God right there. If it says advanced, then it's then it's legal. I mean, depends on what you're going for. Like, is it uh, Battle Mech Manual legal or Total Warfare legal? Or just any book you can find it in legal. It is definitely any book you could find it in legal. <laughs> then everything's legal. It was in a book somewhere. 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 This original printing of Battle Droid says I can do this. <laughs> but no, so what did you run for your 7500 game? Uh, I had a um Rifleman with stealth armor and uh, light AC5s with precision ammo. Um, I had a uh, Shadowhawk that goes 587. I had a Spider that goes 8128. Um, that had two medium pulses. And then I had a Catapult that had uh, two plasma rifles on its right arm and some ER medium lasers at its center torso. And that's it. Okay, I took We're all hold on, all all running three four pilots. Yeah, that was that was quite nasty because that hot, that low gunnery low skill it's just so anything strong. that I've got that jumps needs to have if it jumps and fires it needs to have a three gunnery in my opinion. That's it, it's a correct feeling. It's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I took an Omen two, the Snow Raven assault mech. Um, this has. Battle Mech Hard Gel System 3. And that was a wild learning experience because I've never used it. I've had it. I've thought about using it for a while. And this was its first time running out. Um, I took a Dark Crow or one original stock uh, that has the Ultra AC5s and a heavy large laser. I took a Crimson Langer, I want to say the D variant, and that with the three medium pulse lasers, three streak fours and like five or six ER smalls. It's it's a wild. Yeah. It's a wild variant. Like who who was making that Um, blood spirits? That's who that's why they don't exist anymore. Um, And then I took five proto mechs because 
I own them now. I might as well own my- 60 something, 70 something Protomex. Might as well. Might as well. And I took Gorgon 2s, and these are a 464 Protomex, and they have a Clan Medium Pulse Laser on them. And I was like, you know what? I'll make it easy on myself. I'll just take a single type with a single gun. I, I think that's generally the way to go, is yeah. my opinion. But how how did the game go for you? Like I'll let you start because I want to say your memory is probably a little bit better than mine. Again, it's more games ago for me than it was for you. But uh, okay, <laughs> I, I know that I got my that I got my rifleman into a position that that I liked. Um, it's got stealth armor, so it likes to be in partial cover up on a hill, preferably with a tree in the way. But I didn't have a tree nearby for that. Catapult just goes in there to to heat some people up while the. Uh, well, the spider and the shadow hawk go for um, they go for rear shots and flanking maneuvers. As I recall, you uh, you you tentatively moved your your protomex up into one zone, but I don't even think they got a shot off for the first three turns. In, no. in my in my memory, this was a slower list like like of mine. Like it was definitely the quarterback rush kind of thing. Like they're just plowing through the middle and willing to take damage. Yeah, because that was the omen. The omen was very slow. The omen is a three five three. So he was he was moving up. Um, I shot him a few times, but that hard gel like repaired all of the damage that that I did to it. I, I remember that I overheated that sucker really badly one turn. I think and because you hit it with infernos and the plasma rifles, it got its max plus fifteen heat. And like, of course, my movement was shot then, but with the jump jets. Right. I, I think it went down to one, move two, three. three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, I that's fine. fire anything the next turn, and that was okay with me. Yeah, I put I put a bit of damage into there, and then I stopped shooting it, because if I left it alone, then all of its all of its armor regenerated on its torsos. Uh, so I'm like, oh, I'll, just, I'll just deal with that later. And I started focusing on the other mechs. I was able to take those down, but by that time, oh, my poor spider. Poor spider got kicked in the head. I got two crits on that on that kick in the head because I have one one internal left, and both crits were on the sensors, so he couldn't fire any weapons at all. So he was just running around jumping and uh, and trying to kick people. I know that at some point I DFA'd you, uh, and when I did that, I successfully DFA'd you, but I fell down and did damage to my head. So in in my head cannon. Uh, I I just imagined him like like headbutting like from the air just just a, a power dive into your mech, um, squashing the pilot but uh, but knocking your mech out of the woods. So moral victory for him, but but uh, death to that pilot. That was uh, that was wild because we learned a lot in that in that turn, which we're gonna talk about rules wise, which is why we have this the main subject after this. Yeah. But no, that was wild because my Crimson Langer, my 50 tonner was like, you're the only thing that can catch the spider. You have three medium pulses and you can get point blank. And I think I did like the full math. Like I knew I could get there. I just had to math it out how I could. Finally got there and, and it was like, okay, you're team M4. You're in woods. I had to run. I'm skill four. And it, like with all the things, it was like, okay, it's a 10 up to kick and I kicked yeah. yeah, and I did and I did roll for head and I was like, hell yeah, head's coming off. And it's like, nope, I got nine armor. <laughs> I 
No, because you, you did, uh, what was that, the, how, how heavy was it? It was 50, so I did 10. So that's how you I was able 10, to so, get yeah. structure yep. damage. I rolled one a crit. point of internal. I get two. Oh. I don't roll anything that'll kill you, but I do roll the two sensors. So your jumping medium pulse laser boat can't, legally cannot fire them. And that's wild. Oh, I can fire. I just can't shoot. I can't hit anything at all. <laughs> you have no ability to hit even an immobile <laughs> target in front of you. And then you're like, okay, that's fine. I can still melee you. I'm like, yep, I, I did. I know I kicked at least one person, then I DFA'd another. I was happy that I stayed standing after that DFA. I would have been real mad if I had yeah. gone Yeah, down. I kind of really hoped, really hoped you fell over from that. That would have been even better. But it was the perfect like usage of, hey, his sniper is in a heavy woods like in the middle, and a DFA will automatically move him no matter what. Yeah, I think at the end you had a near pristine omen and 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 five protomex which which you know uh, I never really shot at and I had a catapult that couldn't stand up and my my rifleman who after after how long did we play was that like three and a half four hours we'd been playing yeah yeah he he decided nope I'm done and he retreated off of the map I won did him. I won. I, I finally killed more of your guys. It was not a trade. I had the Dark Crow was dead. The my Crimson Langer was at a single gyro. I think uh, he was at a single gyro, and he only had one arm, so he couldn't prop himself up. But if he stood up, he was going to fall back down. Yeah, uh, you you never moved him again. No, for his safety, because I think he had three pilot hits at that point. My catapult didn't have a gyro, so he wasn't standing up on his own. My Shadowhawk finally lost a leg, and he was he. You know, once once Shadowhawk is is not mobile, he's just done for. Yeah. Um, and then I believe he got an ammo explosion. I think what happened is I gotten a lucky like crit or two on jump jets, and that slowed him down enough for me to slowly that, pick yep. him off. Yep. Yeah. It, it was yep. really like I I got lucky, and now now his luck is running out. It was he definitely got slower. Yeah. yeah, and that Shadowhawk needs speed to to do anything. He's got to get within two for that uh, for that VSP to get that plus or minus three in the in the nine points of damage. Yeah, oh, it was it was nasty. Uh, it was. I, I will say there was a point where you said I was using my Protomex wrong, and I just want I want to go over that live where we talk about how I was oh, using yeah. them and how you said I was using them wrong versus how I thought I was using them right. And I and I won the game, so I'm kind of like, okay, how am I using them wrong though? Because when I told you what I would do with the protomex instead of what you're doing, and you said, "Oh, I know I've done, I'm done moving, but can I go ahead and move them anyway and move them to where you said that it would that would work?" And I said, "Sure." And then you started doing crits on the back of my of my shadowhawk because you moved See, them behind there. I agree that that once you started doing that, that, uh, that, that <laughs> they started actually pulling their weight. I agree with that. See, I, where you had them, I disagree just... with this. I disagree that because I had to run four of them to get the rear shots and it made it a much harder, like even with the medium pulse laser and you in heavy woods with jumping, I was like, do I want, is a rear shot more worth a plus two to any of my hits? Like already when I'm in like the 30% hit range. Because I think I only hit two of the five lasers. And one was an arm or, or leg, so... H- hitting two of the five is better than where you were standing. 
Because once you started moving your protomex forward and actually like like trying to surround my mechs, then then they started doing stuff, and I I would have started considering them a threat. But otherwise, where they were, they were just too easy to avoid, too easy to stay away from, and still do do damage to your mechs. Yeah, yeah. I was speaking using them doing damage to like... your mech. As long as we're talking about that, then you know, oh, yeah. like, yeah. yeah, yeah, Mister Mister, I'll use hard gel you know three. <laughs> Maybe I'll cut this whole section because Josh is a dirty <laughs> cheater. Uh, no, that was that was reading how the battle mech hard gel system three works, interpreting it differently because it's it's not written clearly. I thought it was written very clearly. And then my then problem was was it was that I asked you about it and you're like I know how this works and I trusted you. I trusted you. Then we talked about it, and then we thought we knew how it worked. Then, then we read it again a third time. Well, I didn't. Like, I didn't read the Sarna article there while we were at the game because you said, "Yeah, this is how it works." I read it when I got home, going, "That seems really weird. That all of his armor just regenerated. That seems too much for for that little amount of BV." Anyway, what we're talking about is that uh, if if you have a mech with uh, with hard gel three and you take damage, say you take twenty seven damage on the cent on the the center torso, and it's got it's got a hard gel three at the end of that turn, it regenerates armor, but you have to hit it again for it to regenerate armor again. After that, it doesn't just keep regenerating and regenerating whether it gets hit or not until it's, it's all back up to full. That's, that's not how that works. So that first turn, it would take the 27 damage at the end of the turn. It would recover for hard gel three. It would recover four for hard yep. gel two it would recover two. Right. Um, so you would go from 27 damage to 23 damage. Let's say the next turn it gets hit with a single LB10, LB pellet. So yep. it takes one damage. It then recovers four right. at the end of so the you, turn. So it but, goes from 23 to 24. And then at the end of the turn, it goes to 20. Right. Pellet. But if the next turn it takes zero damage on the center torso, it regenerates zero more armor. Like it just doesn't. It's done. It, it's activated. It restores four. And then it's done until it gets hit again. And that is not how we're playing it. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, that's a lot of rules that it condenses to one paragraph. And I feel like it needs an example of like how we just said. Yeah. On my thing, to be fair, if you're going to bring advanced <laughs> experimental tech, you should. It's you not should experimental. It's works. just advanced. If it didn't have the label advanced anywhere, I would agree with you or experimental, but it does. So, but that's fine. I didn't, I didn't say we can't bring experimental tech. I'm, I'm totally fine with people bringing cool tech, you know, you should you should know how your toys work though. I agree. Oh with that. yeah. So yes, I cheated. I won. So Denim <laughs> technically wins by getting more I things I, right. I didn't. I didn't tell you you didn't win. I just wouldn't call it a fair fight. But you won. I agree. I'm. I'm not. I'm not saying that that my mechs did not. You know, my my mechs that were able to did in fact retreat off of the map. You know, was it a balanced and even and fair fight? No, but it was a fight. They're not always, they're not always even. My thing is, is that even with the odds stacked against me, you know, I should have been able to pull a win out at some point, but I didn't. So, yeah, the thing about that omen is the legs and the arms are not hard gel protected. And technically, like if you just do more than four damage, like you, 
you can donut it and that's i've i've taken it once and it literally got donuted ct like in one turn yeah I yeah i like, didn't i didn't have anything that could donut a a uh an assault mech on yeah. one turn it was good that you stayed in partial cover so you only had to worry about arm hits like that was it yeah that was why i was like oh i've only got like five leg armor left (laughs) this guy ain't moving again i mean he was also heated up to like 15 i want to say twice uh yeah i heated up (laughs) we could talk about that too i heated i heated up that mech twice i heated up your your what crimson langer once Mm -hmm. i i was i was a little bit upset about that that he didn't roll his ammo explosion (laughs) no no because because i you were slow. You were slowed down to a five eight because you had a foot actuator hit, and you had uh, um, you you were at five heat, so you were a little bit slow. Yeah, I hit you. I did. I did nine points of heat damage to you, but then I also critted your torso and gave you two engine hits. And you had fired like a bunch of weapons at this point, and you're looking at your sheet and with very much confidence, like so much confidence, you're like, "Huh, uh, I'm at five heat." And I'm like, "Okay, wait, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, like." That mech only has 11 double heat sinks. That's only 22. And you just took 19 heat and you started with five and you fired those weapons. I can't. I have to check your math, Josh. And you're like, oh, I, I mean, 19 heat. <laughs> it was a rough. It was a rough day. Like, it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, but by the end it of it, we got it. We got it done. <laughs> but no, that was a great game. I was honestly... The only only takeaway that I'm taking from that entire game was I can land a kick on a spider on a 10 off and crit two things that aren't yep. the cockpit. <laughs> yep, and I can walk away from that briefly. <laughs> walk away. Walk away. From- yeah, we learned how hard gel three works, and that that is that you know that's a win for me. I won. Uh, I not I learned I learned stuff I didn't know before. Yeah. So now next time someone pulls out a hard gel three, I'm like, yeah, I know how that works. Because, like I was saying, there is a plastic mech with hard gel three, so it's not like it doesn't. Which one is that? Uh, the Kodiak. Kodiak base. Kodiak. Yeah, one one of the Kodiak variants does have it. It was like the Kodiak, the uh, that Omen, it's te- and it's technically and the a... Kodiak two. But well, then no, there's no mini for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lost. I lost that one. The Atlas and the Atlas two are not the same mech. <sighs> Look, they are. <laughs> From a miniatures agnostic point of view. <laughs> yeah. And now we're now we're arguing pedantics here. Anyways, let's move on to the worldwide event. Let's do that. Cool. Yeah. So Denim, as the local catalyst demo team agent, you were in charge slash volunteer to run the worldwide event, which is the first we've had in a good while. So I'll let you kind of take the floor on describing what the worldwide event is, what this one was, and how it happened. Yeah, because normally they, they happen once a year and they're, they're events. It's the same. So all CDT agents are given the exact same scenario and they can all play them across the world, hence the name. And then all of the, uh, uh, like how it went, we, we give uh, the results of all of these things. And, and there's like a whole list of questions that they ask us. Um, it gets pretty, pretty in-depth, like especially if there's, if there's certain actual people in there, they're like, you know, did, uh, did these pilots, uh, were they part of the game? If so, were any of them killed? 
Um, cause all that is important because, you know, if, if in 80 something percent of the games that pilot is killed, there might be a source book someday that says, you know, on this planet at this battle, that's, that's where this person was killed. So they can tell a writer, you know, if you need to put that person in there, just remember that they didn't exist and also write a really cool death scene. So they can, they can use that for, for things like that, you know, throughout the, throughout the, the history from now on. Uh, this particular one takes place on new earth in the year 3152. And it's, uh, it's basically centered around, uh, the Capellans, um, specifically house Ritsu. Uh, they've got a bunch of clans on that planet and they, they want them off of there. So, uh, they, they see a bunch of Jade Falcons and they're like, we are going to go take them out and take out their support structures and, uh, make them regret ever coming to this planet and hopefully they'll just leave the clans had gotten wind of this and so uh and so they're there to stop them and that was the that was the mission we had 16 inner sphere mechs so that was a, a company of house ritsu and a an auxiliary lance of four uh urban mechs uh four different types it was basically the the urban mech lance pack we got to use all of those and they went up against a full star of jade falcon and then partial stars. We had a three clan wolf, two snow raven, and one lone smoke jaguar in a cauldron born. Um, I did not play on either side because uh, if they're going to use that for anything and I'm a CDT agent, it would not be fair to, for me to influence the outcome of that one way or the other. Uh, it was an extremely close game. I believe it ended up at the very end. Intersphere was had 13 points the the clans had 18 which doesn't seem that close except for if they had managed to take out that cauldron born which was it was piloted by uh our friend jason hansa who played it the way it's supposed to be played and man did that make take a lot of damage it was it was limping along it had like one leg uh that still had armor and and one torso but everything else was internal he had engine crits he was uh, he he was missing his ac20 he was just limping along but he survived and if he had gone down he would have been worth like 7 or 8 points so that would have made like the inner sphere have 22 21 or 22 points versus the clan's 18 so it was it was very 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 close um a lot of cool action the urban mechs man the urban mechs pulled their weight not a single one of them didn't get a critical damage on at least one clan mech um sometimes rolling 10s and 11s to get those hits but even the even the mrm 31 uh it got some good hits uh on that timberwolf so it was wild it was just yeah. wild i was like er- i had never seen more hits and crits and like wild stuff than in this game yeah we had 37 mechs on the field and we had almost 30 players at hangar 18 playing this like almost 30 people around around these tables and it was uh so i'd have to be like okay if you're not moving please step away from the table um if you're gonna sit don't sit around the table with a map go sit over at one of the other tables until until it's your turn you know please please have in in your you know your head who you want to fight i know that i specifically said a couple times you know this is a this is a battlefield uh, things are going to be a bit chaotic um it is better for you to look around and make a snap judgment and have an awesome move rather than uh, think about it too long and make the best move. We're not here trying to make the best moves. We're just here trying to, you know, trying to, 
to keep the action going along. And, and a lot of people took that to heart and it made for some really cool action scenes in this, in this game. Yeah, no, it was great. Uh, so as this- a player, Josh, how, how did, how did, how did it look to you? Cause for me, I thought it ran pretty smoothly. Um, even the, even the, uh, the initiative turns people were, you know, there wasn't a lot of hesitating. Uh, you know, there was like two or three people who, who took, what I thought was too much time, but most of those they were either doing something where they weren't like, like watching the table closely enough so that they had to like get a better feel. But the people who were really paying attention, I didn't have any problems with, with the snappy moves and stuff. I thought that, that the initiative rounds went faster than almost any game I've ever played there. I'd say you could definitely tell that there were two types of people there. There were the like, Oh, I just, just here to play battle tech and I'm like hanging out as well and like those people you almost had to like yell out like hey it's your turn to move like come back to the table why i was allowed to bring a cattle prod to this event yeah i know one player was like hey i'm gonna just stand still and like they got lit up and it's like okay i'm walking to the other (laughs) side of the store now to play another game it's like what no in that case just just hand your mech to somebody else you know just say here take take and we had you know we this game went on for a long time it started around 8 30 it finished at 159 um so i didn't get it done a.m yeah 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 159 a.m it it did go on for a long time not everybody could make it that long so so there were but those people who knew that they weren't already had people who were going to take over their their mechs which i thought was fantastic it was the people who like who like didn't like how that last turn went and then just put down their sheet and walked away that i had a problem with yeah that that was my issue but i'd say the majority of people that were there were there to like actually play like represent their faction or whatever and like have a good fun time with their opponents and Overall, it was it was a doubly success. Like it, it was great. Uh, I I piloted for the clans. I ran a conjurer and a dasher H. <laughs> I like that dasher H. I mean, I, I like had, the conjurer too, but but uh, I like that dasher H a lot. I liked it a lot. Uh, and we're not talking about the actual mission or the lore behind it because it will be all released at the end of this month. And everyone right, will get a they, chance to play it, and I don't want to like influence any of right. that. Really, I was. We were asked nicely. Yeah. So I. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff I'm not saying about it. Uh, I basically can talk about anything that we've released on on any of the uh, the pre, um, like the posters and stuff. Like all the information I gave you is is on those posters. But but yeah, the mission will be released to the public early next year, and then uh, people can just play it and know all the background. But yeah, I, I represented a Snow Raven Conjurer and a Jade Falcon Dasher H. And I will say I had a lot more fun playing the Dasher. And I never played or piloted a Dasher before, at least in Classic. I would say, like, not in Classic, but uh, it's also not a bad mech in, in Alpha Strike. But uh, as Classic, I mean, I like it a lot, especially if I've got some elementals to ferry around. And there were no elementals like this was just I am a cruise missile and I I, go (laughs) two speeds fast and too fast. I didn't I didn't have the battle value uh, to to put in elementals, but I I could have put in up to five. I think it was fine without them. It'd be interesting to see how it it would the game would play with them. But uh, yeah, I'd say the highlights were. uh, Oh, no, go ahead. Tell me the highlights. Yeah, Oh, I was going to say the highlights for me were definitely like me using my dasher to like 
I'm and I'm on the anti light duty. Really, like if mm-hmm. if that's what a dasher is without elementals, then that's all I can do. So I like one turn I saw a stinger in heavy woods, and I was like, all right, I'm a if I need to roll my mask. All right, didn't die. Run is 19 hexes away, and I get right up to him, and I'm like in his face. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna kill you now. And my friend was like, Josh, you need nine. So I was like, easy. <laughs> And I think I rolled four of them. One of them hits his head, a heavy small laser, to the head. The other one is like CT or something. And two of them go to his leg and just rip it off. They just, yeah. just takes the stinger's leg off. It goes down. I kick him for a measly four points of damage. I'm like, stay down. <laughs> and he did, too. Like, he's like, I live here now. Yeah, He did. And then I left. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I got I got bigger fish to fry, and then I'm I'm playing with my conjurer. I'm like jumping because that was a the conjurer was a three two pilot, which I thought was cool. I was like, okay, all right, we, we're getting we're gonna try to get into melee range now. Yeah, get some kicks in. Yeah, uh, I think you saw my rolls with the conjurer, though. Oh yeah, trash, yep. literally trash. Yep, yep. I, I know. Needed, I like, saw you at least. You needed a four, like a five, four or five with your large pulse, and you rolled a three. Yeah. Twice. Yeah, that was real rough. And I was I was getting up there in the heat with it. I was like, I just need a hit, man. <laughs> I did land next to an AC-20 Urban mech. He decided, of course, to take the easier shot on one of my allies, hits him, blows like a side torso off. And I'm like, no, you don't get <laughs> this leg anymore. Kick, rip that off. And I was like, okay. Now, that was really all the Conjurer did. Didn't even, I think it got yeah. hit once. With like a large laser, I was like, okay, whatever. Uh, but yeah. Then my then my dasher, I was like, okay, next target. I see a raven picking on one of my allied uh, dire, not direwolves, uh, warhawks. Yeah, well, that that raven had tag, and you had a, a longbow with semi guided LRMs uh, off behind a hill. So you know that just that alone was dangerous. Now the raven also had um, an iron arc with, with all different types of, of pods, but uh, mm. those weren't, they, it never got into really close enough range to use those because um, you know, if it, if it hit your poor dasher with a, with a haywire pod, that would have, uh, that would have messed some things up, but he, he never got, never got in range. Never got in range. So I run, I, I, it was once again, like 19 X's away. I get my mask. I move my 20 and I'm literally right behind him. And he's also in heavy woods. And I was like, what's, what's my to hit number? Also a nine. <laughs> and I was like, oh man. I mean, I, I knew I could hit it with a stinger. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident I can hit it on a Raven in the rear arc. I roll. This was the absolute highlight. I rolled all nine lasers. I only hit with two of them. Mm-hmm. One of them is attack. And we yep. weren't using floating because that's too much time for this game. Yep. The other one hits the left torso. Okay. So based on that, I have two hits. I have now three opportunities to do a crit roll because yep. the CT went internal and the LT went internal. I roll a nine for my CT tack, a nine for the internal CT damage. And then I roll a 12 for the left torso damage so out of two hits i have five crits yep and i roll two engines a gyro an mml launcher and a ecm yeah so it 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 is put into force with it's not destroyed it is put into force withdraw but it it didn't make it one more turn after that it didn't and you know why 
Yeah, I know why. Because <laughs> it failed its ammo explosion from all the heat because it had overheated to shoot some stuff. And then, of course, two engine hits puts it above. It fails the ammo. It explodes. Yeah. And I, I wanted to case, and I wanted to kick it. it. <laughs> yeah. I thought it had case but went unconscious but then fell and killed itself. I thought that's what happened. I could be wrong. Oh, I thought it was ammo explosion. No, I mean, I, it had case, but the ammo explosion does two, does two. Oh, but it killed more engine. That's what. It oh, happened. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we still it's, rolled. It did not. It did not stay conscious. <laughs> <laughs> he did. <Yeah>. son. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. And then, of I course, think- on the last turn, I had to send the dasher back to the stinger to kill it because <laughs> a leg stinger is not in force to draw and wasn't worth any kill points. And I was like, fine. Yeah. And I rolled. And I rolled all nine lasers again. I hit with all nine. That man just made me like, nope, I ain't dead yet. Until I got to like laser eight. And he was like, okay, now you've killed me. <laughs> yeah. Cause you're like, you're like, how many crits is that? He's like, don't just, just keep, just keep rolling. Cause he was looking for that one center torso or right torso or right arm, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever. Like uh, there was so many numbers. There was like 67% of your rolls would, would be the, the one that kills him. Yeah. Um, so he's just like, just tell me if there is this number on there, any of these. And yeah, I'm dead. Uh, I I think I think the saddest part of the game. Oh, there's this wraith. This wraith was awesome. The wraith is a, is a six nine six with with a supercharger, so he could he could run up to twelve. And he was one of the few that had a named pilot that had like um, uh, special, special pilot, pilot abilities. Ability. Yeah, there there are like four pilots out there who are worth more money to to or more points to kill uh, that had that had special pilot abilities. And and he had melee, um, not melee master, the other one, um, melee specialist. And well, he had he had the one that gives you a minus one on physical attacks uh, and fist fire. So oh, okay. his punches his punches were easier to hit. And if he did hit, then he had the option of firing that large X pulse on his arm in the location where he hit. And he was headed out there. He was going. He was headed straight for that massacre. And um, so he jumped in some trees and then he's like, okay, well, that guy didn't move. He's just right there. I'm going to run behind him, but I have to engage my supercharger, rolls a double one, rolls a 10, gets two engine crits, has to walk off the field because he's in force withdrawal now. Like turn two. That was turn two. <laughs> it was so sad. He never got to throw a single punch, barely fired anything. He got off the board. Um, so he didn't, at least he didn't give, uh, give the clans any, any points, but, um, it was just so sad to walk that guy, to watch that guy just run out there and go, uh, when the enemy commander leading from the front, you know, trips, breaks his, you know, <laughs> knees like, Oh, Oh, no. I gotta, I gotta go back to base guys. This was fun. <laughs> Good luck, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> my toe. I stubbed my toe. Yeah. I mean, uh, to be fair, he had like partial cardiac arrest. He <laughs> <laughs> had two engine hits, and all he had was like was like X pulse lasers. So he was hot. Like he yeah. was gonna run hot doing anything. <laughs> no, that, it was it was a great game. I'd say that and Jason Hansa just like tanking shots. Like oh, he was true, almost man. holding the field solo against oh, an entire it was, like lands or amazing. Two. Brian Powers from Hangar 18 piloted the uh, the the Timberwolf. The, so Hansa and and Brian were in the the Cauldronborn and the Timberwolf together, and and they were uh, they were just advancing up that one side of the field. And Hansa would just tank everything, and Brian was getting some some amazing shots at the beginning, but then nothing. And then uh, 
there was uh, the stalker. The stalker's out there, and Brian's like, ha-ha, ERPPC hits the head. He's like, good night. And we're like, oh, it's uh, it's got hardened armor. He's he's fine. That's like that's like eight points of armor gone. <laughs> seven, seven and a half. Like, seven and a half. Yeah, I, I said like. It's like. No, um, hard, hardened doesn't but, round. Hardened doesn't round. We got to make that clear. But it was it was just so sad to watch the to watch that that the, you know the fire of the kill leave his eyes. It didn't last long because the very that that same turn the annihilator with the clan Gauss rifles did plink the uh, the Timberwolf in the head like like thirty seconds with an later. actual fifteen damage with an actual fifteen damage, and he had taken seven points of the head before already, so it wasn't there wasn't much left. So he was put out of his misery quickly enough that uh, that the pain didn't linger too long. But it was too little, too late, and the uh, the clans did manage to to pull the victory out with the eighteen versus thirteen. Yeah, I'm going to say that that Mad Cat sucked. Like that man, uh, like needs some different dice or something. Like, come yeah, on. That, that at the <laughs> beginning, it, he he couldn't miss. I mean, he was rolling twelves to hit, and then it was it was just like your just like your your Hellhound, um, where where he would need a five or a seven, and he would just roll what just just he'd roll a handful of dice, and they're just all ones, all of them. Uh, I've never seen an ERPPC jam, but but I swear it happened then. But no, that was a great game. It was a very fun to play. Like I said, I I actually do want to redo this like as more of a pickup game, like not as big, but maybe like yeah, a, well, that a, a was two three parter. Yeah, well, that's that's another point. Is that is that when this was designed? Like, I don't think it's designed for thirty people to come out and play all at once. Um, I don't think a lot of stores have 30 people to come out and play a worldwide event, especially till two in the morning. Yeah. If you're going to be running this from, for, for like four to, you know, four to 12 people, what, what we should probably do is once we get above like the 12 person interest is we've got to set up a second table and have, and have like two of them running at the same time. And and I think it would go faster then uh, because you don't have as many people. And, uh, and, and, you know, more people are using more mechs at the same time. So, so you're thinking as like this Lance is going to do this and not, and not each individual mech is by an individual person. Cause yeah, like I said, we had 37 mechs out on the field. That was a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Uh, but yeah, so this was the first worldwide event we've had since COVID. Um, and we're going to have one every year. So I, I, I'm only going to say that the experiences we learned from this one are going to make the next ones way better. The, my only other thought is I was disappointed that this one, this year's did not have a custom map because that's my favorite thing to look at. Yeah. Most of them don't like the last one did. It was, it was actually, that, yeah, cool I was map. like the last one was like, Oh, Oh, custom yeah. maps. I like those. Yep. But the one previous to that had, um, had uh, classic maps. Uh, they were just done in a different color, but it was, uh, they're all maps that we've seen before. That's enough for the worldwide event. Do we want to take a quick break before we get into our main subject, or just roll on through? Uh, I, I, I'm good. Let's let's keep going. Let's just go. All right. Today we're talking about all the rules you got wrong, or you all the rules you learned wrong in kindergarten, and you keep yeah, doing right? wrong. <laughs> like, look, your Sibco had you know no Sibco left behind, and you never learned it right, and the teacher did not care. Like. That's that's really the only thing. Or the more likely thing, you didn't read your rule book and someone just told you how it worked and you just accepted it at face value. Oh, yeah. I, I think most of these are because um, 
instead of reading the rule book, you have the one guy who who uh, who skimmed the rules. And <laughs> when they skim the rules, they're just like, yeah, no, this this is this is how it seemed like this seems right to me. So we're just going to go with that. Hard shell and system learn, three. Just trust me. Just trust and me. It, did yeah. Yeah. And if you learn that way, then then the next time you, it comes up, you're like, yeah, I know. I know exactly how that works because we've played it this way for years. And if no one actually goes back and and reads carefully the rules, uh, then you'll then you'll never know. Not not everybody is like me and 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 has to has to read every single word of the rule book because I've read through both the Battle Deck Manual and Total Warfare cover to cover. I have not completely read through Tactical Operations yet. I've read sections of it. I've not read the entire thing. Well, hard gel, by the way, is is not in tactical operations. That's in that's in strategic operations, sir. That's that's in like even the the further level down than than uh, than tactical operations. That's that's buried real deep, and it's only a paragraph. But no, that is not the reason why we are having this episode of common rules mistakes. It's just because. They're what we encounter, like in regular pickup games. Like no, no one has ever played a perfect game of BattleTech, but right, these are more so of the common things. When you when you mentioned this and you asked me to to come up with some, I didn't even think really hard. All I did was I thought about just just the last couple weeks. Like these these are all things that I have noticed in the last month um, of playing. That every single one of these has come up in one fashion or another. So these are. These are not the the flashiest ones or the most outrageous ones or or you know the uh, coolest the crazy ones. Wild, these are yeah. these are just the common the most common ones that I've seen because they happen constantly. These are the ones that happened in the last month or two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's let's get started. Yeah. Um, right. Now there there are some on here that I did not put that uh, that happened that that I haven't seen in a while, but they're like you know the standard rolling twelve is always a hit. That one's important because I, I believed that I believed that for almost twenty years. Uh, it took me a long time to learn that that is not how BattleTech works. You're like, oh, you need a sixteen. Well, I'll roll it because you know I'll still hit one in thirty six times, and you did sometimes. It was amazing. But a, a 12 is not an automatic hit. You can still miss on a 12. Just like you can still hit on a 2, you can still miss on a 12. That is that is not a changed rule. That has never been a rule. And I really thought that's how the game worked. Would the game be cooler if you just always rolled no matter what? No, I... I no, no, it really like, wouldn't, no. Th- thinking back on, on how those went, like, it's... You roll too many dice in Battletech already um to to have an auto hit chance at at 20s or 30s yeah no there's no, no way I, I don't i wouldn't want that either i will at least add on to that what happens when your to hit number is a 13 you've already declared a weapon fire oh yeah that's easy uh because that's in the rule book so if you have declared fire i'm going to fire this large laser um and say that you're that you're going to overheat too so if you fire that large laser you're like i'm going to go up to 8 heat from firing this large laser, or I'm at zero heat if if I don't. Uh, but you've already declared it, and then you add up all your all your two hits, and it turns out to be a thirteen. Uh, you have the option of not firing that weapon. That is, you do not have to fire a weapon that is over twelve on your two hit. Uh, but if it is a twelve, 
and you're like, oh man, that's really high. Too bad. You declared it, you fired, you get the heat. If it's impossible, there's no point. But if Yeah. And it, so in my brain, me, it's like So you're telling like you're, me you're, there's you're, a yeah. chance. Yeah. So in my mind, it's like you're you're trying to line it up. You've got the crosshair. You just try you just can't that 13, you just can't get that crosshair close enough to to just pull that trigger. It never crosses the target for that for that one in thirty-six chance. All right, so that's a common one. Uh, one for that game that me and you played where, you know, you were throwing a lot of heat on me and I was not, I was avoiding the ammo explosions from heat, but I didn't ever realize, like, I have, you know, LB10 and I have SRM6 ammo. Like, wh- which one, I roll randomly, right? When I right. fail Sorry, my ammo. explodes. Yeah. Um, like, uh, rolling randomly makes sense. But that's that's not how it works. No, there is an actual legal order for ammo explosions. Yeah, and, and this right here, this kind of reminds me of like the rule of carnage from from uh, from Gaslands. You know, it's it's they they know that you're trying to get explosions, uh, but sometimes this this rule could work in your favor too, because uh, it's not just the bin that does the most damage; it's the bin that does the most damage per shot. So if you have um, you know, an AC five, uh, you got a bin of AC five that only has one round left. And then you've got a full untouched 200 rounds of machine gun ammo. One does five points. One does 400 points of damage, but because the AC five has a higher per fire damage, cause that's a five, that's the one that cooks off. So in that particular case, you're going to do only five damage internal and not 400. However, again, when the five cooks off, you are damaging your internal structure. You have to roll for a possible crit again. You might set off the machine gun ammo anyway. <laughs> but it's a lot safer than like, oh, right. yeah, the one that would do the most damage to my mech is the one that auto explodes. Right. No, it's, it's whatever round has more powder in it. That's the one that explodes. Right. So um, like like an SRM-6 would count as 12 because there's six missiles in each shot that do two points of damage each. So, so that that's value is 12 um, and AC five's value is five and AC 20 is, is 20 and ultra AC 20 is still 20 because it's per shot and you fire twice when it's an ultra mode. What if you have as most mechs do multiple bins of like AC five ammo? Hey, that's a good question. Oh, I mean, it, it actually says, uh, Oh, Oh, is it is it uh, the the person whose whose mech it is? They get to choose. Yep. The, if per shot, per shot, like say, mm-hmm. it's a per shot so like thing. You, controlling player picks. Okay, so yeah, you've got you've got three bins of AC five. One only has one round in it, uh, and the other two are full. You get to choose the one that's only got one round in it. That's how I read it. Yep. No, I, I'm reading it right now. I, that is exactly what it says. Yep. yep. And weapons that explode, so Gauss rifles and improved heavy large lasers and one-shot weapons heat proof right yeah they do not explode because of heat also plasma rifle ammo and plasma rifles are are inert as well i like that you gotta power up the plasma it's not always plasma but yeah that's that's heat that's that's the one that comes up occasionally but when it does i feel like that one's done wrong a lot and there's there's a flow chart for that (laughs) yeah there is there is. Uh, right. Oh, one that one that popped up uh, during our game at the worldwide event. Um, this was just just Friday night. Uh, if you are a 
doing um, multiple attacks. So, so you're, you're attacking a primary and then you've got a secondary or trinary target. Um, say someone's coming up to your rear and they're going to be you know, a slightly harder shot, but you got pulse weapons. So you want to make them the primary one. And then you're going to fire your, your other weapons at a mech that's standing still in front of you. So super easy. You want to make them the secondary target, right? That's what you want to do, but you can't. No, the, <laughs> the front arc takes priority. The front arc right. must be the primary target. And right. in your rear if you're secondary, whether you have rear facing lasers or rear facing weapons or whatever, it, the primary is always going to be the one in your front arc. Right now, if, if uh, all your targets are in your right, left and rear arcs, then you get to choose which one's primary. You don't, none of those take priority, but a front arc target always takes priority. It, the primary target has to be one in the front arc. If there is one in the front arc. Uh, I had our other CDT agent point that out to me. They're like, hey, you're doing that wrong. I'm like, whoa, this is why you're here. So thank you, Scott. All right. Next, we've got uh, backward movement doesn't add to your TMM if you move forwards in the same movement as well. Right. I see the, I see this one come up a lot because people ask me that. And if you think about it, it does make sense. But then you're moving dangerously close into, into you know, getting your physics into your battle tech. So um, I can understand why it would be a confusion. But, but yes, if you change direction, your TMM starts from the last direction change uh, that you make. Not a, not a left-right thing, but a like forward, right, backwards forward backward. movement. So you've, if you've got that uh, that locust that walks for like 20 um, and he, he goes forward and backwards a lot, like forward movement backward a lot, it's only the last movement. Whether it's forward or backward, it's only the last change that starts counting the TMM. Yeah. His speedometer hits zero for like a split second. That's when yep. you count. <laughs> uh, what's next? We've got torso twist doesn't alter your receiving fire hit arc. Right. And I, I explained that like I do a lot of demo games and this is a very common one for, for new players because like it makes sense that it would, but it doesn't. Um, the problem is we all I, played MechWarrior online. Right. Right. Exactly. And that's a very common tactic in MechWarrior online is to move those torsos until you're about to fire. Then you fire. Then you start moving the torsos again. Um, super important. But yeah, that doesn't work on the tabletop game. Do they need to fix that to bring it in line with how <laughs> that no one's defensively torso twisting? No, because you can't get a rear shot unless you've outnumbered your opponent. You can never, you can never outmaneuver <laughs> them one on one if if that happens, like ever. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> give me, give me rear leg armor, then I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, that's what a quad's for. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got the next one. Okay, so. This this is one. This next one is also one that uh, that I had read wrong, and I, I I remember reading it, and I remember being like, "Oh, that makes sense," and then I put it out of my head. And this one is, uh, you know, we, BattleTech is a hex based game, so sometimes when you're doing line of sight, the line that you're firing goes right down the middle of a bunch of hexes, and when that happens, you have to decide. It has to be decided uh, if it's on the right to that line or the left of that line. And those are the hexes that you're firing through. Um, now, when that happens, the person you're firing at gets to decide 
which side it's coming on. So if they have partial cover, uh, it would make sense for them to choose that. Or if they don't want to be shot at at all, and there's a there's blocking cover, they would choose that side. Um, or if they think they can take the mech, they'll let him shoot him anyway. And my understanding was it doesn't matter uh, whose turn it is. It's whoever is defending gets to choose. So once you fired at the one guy, he can say, oh, I'm taking that cover. Um, but then if he's shooting you back, you would be able to also choose which which side you want uh, for, for the fire to come in on. And that's not the case. Um, so this makes uh, initiative even more important because if you win initiative, then the other person has to declare fire first. And when they target your mech and you decide which line that goes on, it is then set for the rest of the turn. Uh, no matter what gets fired, that's always, uh, it's always that. Normally, that doesn't really matter because both people would would tend to to do the same thing because they're like, oh, there's cover there. Well, if you're going to declare the cover and I can't shoot at you, I'm going to declare the cover so that you can't shoot at me. And it just makes sense. So it doesn't really matter. But we actually ran into one situation in our game where that did matter because I won initiative and you were standing right on the line. Um, and one side of the line was partial cover and the other side was just completely open. And I waited for you to declare fire against my spider. And I uh, thought my TMM was high enough. So I called the side that didn't have the partial cover so that when I fired back at you, you could not call the partial cover. So that is one of the very few times where that really matters, where, where both people would have picked a different, a different hex. It's the only time, only time I've ever actually seen that happen, ever. I don't want to say I wanted to leave the store right then, but I also knew I was like, I've never played it this way. So I'm learning a rule and I'm just going to accept it. But that's it was, how it, it was it, a but learning. That, yeah. It was a learning experience in the worst way possible. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm glad that it was against you and not against like a brand new player who would have been like, well, this game sucks and they yeah, just yeah. never play again. Because I know you're coming back. You can't help it. Like I can't help it. I'm, I'm in for life, whether I like it or not. But no, it, it won't come up often. But when yeah. one person really doesn't want the other person to get the partial. Now, rereading that rule, because I'm like, that's crazy that this is how that works. I also found out something else that I didn't quite realize. Um, say you're firing smoke at a hex or you're firing at a building and it's right on the line and one is blocking cover and one isn't, but it's a building. It can't decide. So I always thought, well, the person firing gets to choose then, but they don't. You actually have to flip a coin and decide randomly if it's left or right. So the building decides randomly if you can shoot at it or not. The building has a choice. Yeah, which which blew my mind a little bit. Um, like that just... I don't know if I would have written the rules that way, but that's in the rules. <laughs> so that's what I go by now. Would you rather it be the building takes the most defensive one or would you prefer that well, I, I, in the I previous think... scenario, case scenario where we were like defender chooses it's like oh no every time that happens you flip a coin oh man no oh, man no. <laughs> I, 
That would just slow down the game more. Yeah. No, let's just let's just what? keep it how it is. Flip a coin for t- for, you know, I'm guessing the worst case is like you could have multiple splits. So it'd be a partial like a heavy woods on top of that and then yeah. Yeah, so like it could be a plus 3 I want to say max difference. No, because you could also have uh Oh, is there anything that that doesn't? No, it has to be plus. Well, it could. The max really is. You can't see me, but yeah. Oh um, yeah, yeah. The it max could be, it could be a light, a light woods as well. A light woods and a heavy woods and partial cover. But you're right. So, so like two lights and partial cover, or or a heavy and partial cover. So a max is a plus three versus a plus zero. Occasionally, I get the numbers right. Did them? <laughs> yeah. But I got to check. <laughs> and that's BattleTech is a team effort. You and your opponent. All right, but no, that that is a new one to me, and I will be trying hard to keep that playing as rules true as possible. Right. Uh, what else we got? When it comes up, you won't forget. You'll be like, yeah. "Oh yeah, I remember this." Uh, the next one um, happens a lot, like a whole lot, like every single time somebody goes prone for any reason, and. They know if they stand up, they're going to get shot or they're missing a leg or something. And I'm always asked constantly, well, a mech can always move forward one, one hex, right? Because there is a minimum movement uh, rule. If As long as you've got one movement point um, and, and the hex in front of you, directly in front of you is legal, you're allowed to move into it. It's the minimum movement rule. It's just, it's a real thing. But a um, prone mech cannot crawl. Like they've never been able to. And, and people seem to think that Oh no, I can always move one hex forward. So if I'm prone, I can I can crawl forward and you cannot. Can't you can't just like roll? Like says like can't see that's what I get. I'm gonna roll. No, you can't you can't roll, you can't crawl. Um you might not be immobile, but uh but you can't you can't move forward. So yeah, that's that's one. We get that a lot. I've never heard that, but I can see so many instances where someone's like no, there's better cover over on that side of the level one hill. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we've got... Oh, no. No, I'm going to let you say this one because the number of times I have to explain this and like literally I know. do the counting on fingers. All the time. And I did. I, I had this come up at the WWE. I had this come up the Tuesday before, and I had it come up two Tuesdays before that. So Every I've day I wake one. up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, minimum range states at the range stated, not the next closer one. For example, um, an Intersphere PPC has a minimum range of three. That means at three hexes, the PPC is a plus one to hit, not at two hexes, at three. At two hexes, is a plus two. At one hex, it's a plus three. But it starts at the number stated, not, oh, that's the last safe uh, range. So that's why it's minimum. Minimum is that number and closer. Every time. Just just don't shoot in minimum range, people. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Well, I get that a lot with LRMs because like seven is the only oh, number yeah. that's both in short range and not in minimum range. And a lot of people are like, oh, it's six or seven. You want to be in six or seven? I'm like, no, you want to be in seven. want to be in seven. <laughs> There's a single hex <laughs> where you yeah. get short range, but not minimum. Unless you're clan and then you're fine. <laughs> I mean, sure, you can hot load your LRMs. I think that should be a thing more. Yeah, let me hit it and explode it. 
That's not yeah. a problem either. Uh, this is one I know, and I think this is, and reading up on this specific one, it is a lot of people using old rules. Like this well, that's, is, I, I went back and checked. I haven't been able to find any old rules that say that. Oh, I don't think so. I think it's just the first time it came up. I think people just automatically assumed and it just diffused enough from there that it's never been fully corrected. I, I agree. Corrected. Yeah. And this yeah. is hatchets do not roll on the punch table by default. Right. Hatchets, clubs, uh, swords, fibro blades, any, any of that. It's all full body by default. There are exceptions. That's the claws. Claws and punching. That's that's those are the ones that that go on the punch table. But everything else is on the full body table unless you give it a modifier. But by default, it's on the pun- it's on the full body table. Rightfully so, because I don't want to be punched and hatcheted in my face. Oh well, well that that's the thing is that back back when we thought that that was the case, people would be pulling trees up all over the place to get a, a kick on the punch table by using a club, um, like kick damage. Uh, or, or like the first time the hatchet man came out, everyone wanted to play it because, you know, one in six chance of hitting the head, people loved it. And then somebody read the rules and they're like, that rolls on the full body table. And suddenly no one wanted to play it anymore. Like, uh, <laughs> like it just, it just took all the fun out. Um, it was one of those things that, that, uh, if it was a rule of carnage, it would definitely always be, always be on the punch table. Um, uh, but no, you've got to have a really low piloting skill to want to uh, to do that plus four to roll only on one on on the punch or the kick. But who wants to do that? Immobile targets, man. That's what. That's the only time you're doing it. So so kick them. Yeah, <laughs> just kick them. <laughs> you're allowed. <laughs> one in six chance, Denim. One in six chance. Oh no, no, for the headshot. Yeah, no, I was yeah. saying like I don't know why people would would uh, play, pay the extra plus four to to try and hit the legs with their sword instead of just just kicking them. But yeah, no, there there are times when I have done the plus four because it's cumulative with with whatever weapon. So a sword is a is a minus two to hit, and then the plus four for the for the punch table makes it just a plus two on the sword, not a plus four. So whatever the modifier is, but then claws. Claws are a plus one, but they're already on the punch, so never mind about that. Um, but yeah, so so a sword is only a plus two to roll on the punch table because it's by default a minus two. I was going to say, I'm going to add on to this. That target is immobile. I've gotten aimed. I get my free aimed shots, you know, on the mech. Aimed shots aren't for aren't for melee, though. I, I just I just needed someone to say it out loud on air. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah the immobile target you can aim shot with your weapons you cannot aim your fist which is wild i feel like that's the i would i would reverse that in my brain like right like no your your weapons they got their own targeting you're you're, you're slowly taking the fist and doing minute corrections as it comes into contact nope all right all right josh hold on first of all i'm, I'm actually going to look that up okay i'm going to look that up right now just to all right, yeah, uh, page 30 of the Battle Mech Manual, it specifically says this rule cannot be used with physical attacks. So no no aim shot. You get the minus four if it's a mobile, but you can't call your you can't call your target. Can't call you can't your fist? Say. That's so dumb. Nope. I know. I know. There might be another rule in like TAC Ops or or or, or the strategic operations, but uh 
but I'm not digging that deep for for these. This is this is normal normal games. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Okay, all right. Uh, what's the next one, Denim? <laughs> this one I get so often. It makes people so mad. Oh, it, it uh, literally drives me insane. I'm like, if, if if I get one rules change, one rules change, it involves this. So you're in a you're in a mech. Dustin uh, shoots you from 25 hexes away with an AC two. Uh, rolls a double one, hits your center torso. Rolls a ten and hits two gyros. Oh no, my gyro is gone. You fall down. You cannot stand up. Uh, you just can't. Your mech is not a mobile. Um, just bringing your mech down to a zero movement does not make it a mobile. Uh, it is not crippled. Like if you're playing with force withdrawal or or like crippling a mech gets you these points, it is not crippled. It is not. Uh, it is not a mobile. Um, it is a. It is a turret. It can prop itself up and fire, and it can. It can like move one hex face each turn, but that's it. Um, it can't crawl. Think, it can't crawl. No, it's certain, in that same hex. A lot of people think that it's immobile or at least you know considered crippled. It is not. So mad. So yeah. mad. Now, one engine and one gyro, that's forced withdrawal. You got to get out of there. Uh, and maybe they did that because, you know, you can't, you can't go anywhere anyway. So, you know, forced withdrawal doesn't, doesn't matter. Um, but uh, for whatever reason, no, a gyro is, is inconvenient. And you certainly, like, it's catastrophically inconvenient. But your mech is still in the action, as the kids say. You know? I didn't want this to be a wish list. The only bullet point I need added there is if a mech is uh, was it starts a turn in the same hex that it was in the last turn that is in forced withdrawal, it's you know counted as destroyed. Like I, I'll take that. So that covers if it can't move and it's in forced withdrawal for like doesn't even have to have engine hit, just has stuff like damage in you know multiple locations. Then it's still wouldn't affect this, but I understand. Oh no, because it couldn't leave that hex. Yeah, yeah, like that. That's all I want. Like, no, it, it, if it, it's got, it can't crawl out of the hex, <laughs> and it's not forced withdrawal. We can make forced withdrawal. Like, no, you got to be able to leave a hex. Minimum one movement, one hex movement. Hmm. All right. For how many turns? Because you could just be hot. Does does that make you? Oh, uh, you're right. Hmm. I, I don't like the way you <laughs> break my perfect logic. <laughs> the, the way I know rules and stuff. I'm shut down and immobile. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, how about the next one? Are you familiar with the next one? Because that has also come up recently. I am Especially familiar. More, more so with, with uh, like 3025 tech mechs, less so with, with modern day mechs. And that's why I'm more aware of it, because the mongoose has nothing in the, the intro tech mongoose has nothing in its right or left torsos. Right. Because that's where the B-Galactic probe and other stuff would be if it had it. But the intro tech one does not. It is empty and everything is in arms or CT. Right. So if I were to uh, hit you in the right torso on a mongoose and it does damage to your internal structure or has attack... Um, but there's nothing in there. What what do we do? We say, oh, there's nothing in there. So there's nothing to hit. So you, you don't even have to roll, right? God, I wish. No. <laughs> Blake, that'd make me so happy, man. No, no. The crit just keeps on going. 
Yep, you still roll for the crit, and if there are any crits, they transfer to the next location per the the damage transfer chart. It's it's literally almost safer to have something. It really, one really thing is. like a I don't know like a small laser heat sink whatever, but right. nothing nothing is worse because CT is nasty. That's where all the good juicy right. bits are. Because if you have one thing in there, and uh, so say say you've got um. Say you've got like a small laser in there. So there is something in there, but but you roll and you get a 12, so you have three crits. Uh, you, you're going to crit the small laser because it's the only thing in there. But the other two crits are in fact wasted. They're yeah. gone. Um, but the next time you take crits there, if there's nothing critable in, your, in that location at the beginning of the turn that it gets hit, then they transfer. But that small laser protects all the rest of the crits for all the rest of the that turn. So no matter what, you get shot, like how many times you, you roll crits. So it's just immunity for one turn. Everyone needs a single armored component in their you know, left yep. or right torso, just, just as a buffer. Just something. <clears throat> Pull those heat sinks out of the engines and just shove them in there just, just to protect your engine and gyro. <laughs> It's load-bearing heat sink at that point. Hey, in battle droids, there were no engine heat sinks. You had to have them all in your mech. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I'm going to sleep on that one. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to make no comment and no judgment until then. <laughs> um, this is one that comes up, I'd say, a lot more in like campaign games, just because we're throwing probably a lot more shots. But that's also that if you get a crit, partial cover will not stop a crit right uh especially this is for like especially for for floating crits Mm -hmm. where oh i rolled my double one where did i actually hit you oh my right leg well i'm in partial cover so you wasted that no that that does not work you got to keep rolling until you can hit a section that you can actually hit and then you roll the possible crit on that location yeah (laughs) the funny part is this came up for protomex, which have yeah. a, a three and eleven on a hit location. It's viable. It's just a near miss. And I think we spent a couple minutes looking that up, and we were like, "It doesn't specify for protomex, right?" But it, I that, think that the intent the is intent. clear enough that we know that we know that uh, that because they don't like to waste crits as obvious by all these other rules. So so a protomech like a 3 or an 11, no, you you just keep rerolling because you can't crit something and then miss that thing. Yeah. That is yeah, that is close as we get to a 12 automatically hits is yeah. a 12 hit location is your head, but a 2 hit location is an automatic crit. Right, well automatic crit chance, but yeah. Yes. Yeah, and you have you to have that chance. chance. That's right. We're not going to take that chance away from you. Yeah. Because that that really only comes up if you're using the floating crit optional rule. Because normally, crits hit the torso that that you're in that location for. So it's either the center torso or the left or right torso. Those are the only places, according to non-optional rules, that you can even get a a through armor crit. So in those cases, it wouldn't matter. They're never in partial cover. Um, it's it's the center mass of of a uh, of a protomech. So it's only when you put in the floating crit optional rule. Cool. We just take away floating crits on Protomex then. That's <laughs> yeah. I, I'm fine with that. No, no, because that's a hit location. That's <laughs> the problem. God. Ugh. Okay. 
the next one I see a lot, like a whole lot. Um, also saw that at the WWE and the Tuesday before. What? Uh, mechs, yeah. Mechs that jump into woods do not need to make a PSR. Um, the only time you need to make a PSR is if you're jumping into water or you're jumping with a damaged um, actuator hip gyro type thing. I love the why it's the jump. Just just describe to me jumping into water rules okay, wise. You don't. You you can't jump into water. You jump over water and then you then you basically fall into it. Um, and any time you enter a water hex, you have to make a PSR. So when you stop your jump jets and you and you plunge into that water, you've got to make a PSR when you enter the water. I love it, but wild man, it's wild. Yeah. Like I just I just want to take a dip. Like there's no cannonballs in BattleTech. Yeah, there's no, there's no, the only way you can go into water um, and not have to make a PSR is if your piloting skill is so high that, that your, that your success roll is a two or lower like that. That's it. Otherwise you have to roll. You just have to, Hmm. but you still can't run into it. Oh yeah. You can never run, never run into water. That's never been a thing. It's definitely not one now. (laughs) <laughs> you can only walk in water. You can run out of water. Even if you have to turn hex facing, you can run turning hex facing because you're not entering a water hex. You're just in a water hex. So you can run around in a circle and then run up onto, onto land. So coming out of water. Yeah. Have a blast. All right. And what's our last one? <laughs> the, the, the last one. Yeah. It definitely comes up because of campaigns mostly. Um, but, but a lot of, uh, a lot of people in pickup games who have streaks and are going against mechs that have ECM, like Guardian ECM, uh, the Guardian ECM people like to say, "Oh, your streaks don't work. They're just they. You still have to roll. They either they either fire or they don't. But if they hit, you have to roll on the on the cluster table. You don't get them all to hit. And that's not the case. The only thing that blocks streaks is Angel ECM, not uh, not Guardian ECM. You got to get that upgrade. You got to get the good name brand ECM. Yeah. I mean, technically, so, Guardian is the name brand, and then they just, you know, new coked, um, yeah, for Angel. What what is the primitive Raven like equipped with? with just electronic oh, warfare, it, right? Electronic warfare equipment, yeah. and it's ton like it's it's tonnage is just wrong, but but yeah, electronic equipment or uh, electronic warfare equipment. So it was like EW. Yeah, was, that's, that's how it was listed. Now th- those are came up with, yeah, yeah. So those are our most common rules mistakes that we see, like not even on like in a annual basis, like a bi monthly right. basis. Routinely, this is what comes <laughs> up time after time after time. There are other ones out there that that like you almost never see, but you're like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But for those, just go pick up the Battle Mech Manual and read the common misconceptions. Like that has that has a lot of stuff that. Uh, that people get wrong, but not as consistently as these. Now, some of these are in there. Some of them are not, but these are the ones that I see popping up at my game store. The most often too often. (laughs) We're working on it, but Hey, I'm here to make you a better mech warrior. If I'm not learning something every time I play, then I'm playing wrong. That's right. I agree with that. It, It may be my fault that I'm taking, you know, experimental tech and, 
giving a quick <laughs> 10 second read through like oh that's how that works but that's <laughs> that's on me these rules they're on you yeah these everyone should know they're all in the in the rule book whichever one you prefer battle mech manual or total warfare they are all in there so rtfm these aren't <laughs> these yeah like these are the standard what what's uh, considered like tournament legal type stuff. Uh, so we're not counting tac ops, uh, although the the floating crit one kind of touched on that, and we're certainly not counting strategic operations. So this is the basics. Um, if you have any questions or you guys have ones that uh, that that you encounter a lot, you know, let us know. Yeah, I want to actually. Yeah, that's my call to action for today. Send in, send us an email, or. Mm-hmm. I want to hear from you guys. Uh, what is the biggest rules mistake that you guys see at your tables? And you can send that in and maybe we'll talk about it on the next episode. And you can send those to the Podcast at gmail.com. But uh, I that's think right. that's it for our rules questions. Uh, anything else, Denim? Uh, no, you've, I've, I've covered everything. We've been talking a while now. Yeah, I think I'm ready to roll out and move on to a ne- move on to another subject for next time fantastic all right well it's been real uh you guys can contact us at the mech bay podcast at gmail.com please check us out on facebook and the discord and a special thank you as always to all of our patreons and remember folks the person who owns the books and the minis has the final say on all the rules so don't make me angry and take all my stuff and go home so i'll do it <laughs>